Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Chris Evans here. Welcome to this week's jam-packed edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with our pals at Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, Hollywood superstar John Krasinski sends shivers down our spines with his terrifying new film, A Quiet Place Part Football broadcasting legend Jim White looks ahead of TalkSport's Euro 2020 coverage, which includes every single game live. Kaiser Chiefs frontman Ricky Wilson calms the nerves of those starting secondary school, narrating the hilarious new Sky Kids animated series, Dodo. And awesome artist Charlie Maxey brings his beautiful best-selling book to life with the vinyl edition of The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse on vinyl. The coolest thing in the world just got a little cooler. All of that and so much more still to come. Dapper Dave, who is first, please? He's responsible for a horror movie sequel that, whisper it, might just be better than the first. The superb A Quiet Place Part 2 is in cinemas now, so if you don't want to be gobbled up by a terrifying alien with exceptional hearing, keep it down <laughs> as we talk to the quietly brilliant John Krasinski. Morning, John. Hello, hello, good morning, hello. Good morning. How are you today? Fantastic, thanks. After that intro, I mean, that's a way to start a week. Well, you are fantastic, John. Um, I love your work. I, you seem like a very, very decent human being, and you must be because Emily married you. So she would. She has. It, she has true. impeccable well, I'm taste. Married up, so you never know. Okay, good. All uh, right. So um, before we talk about everything other than uh, what you're on to talk about, a quiet place part two. Uh, let's talk about a quiet place part one. Was it always going to be a part one? Was it, is that the way? It, was it always? Is this written as a, two, a two-parter? No, not at all. In fact, we I I uh, wrote and directed it to be a standalone film because it was actually a love letter to my kids, bizarrely. Wow. Um, and so to me, I didn't think I'd be able to do anything as personal um, or as organic. And when I thought of this one idea to make Millie the lead character of the whole film, the little girl, she takes over the whole franchise. And I thought, wow, that's something really interesting to deal with. You know, the metaphor of, of youth being more courageous and bold than the generation before them and continue the themes of family and parenthood. So I was in all that's that's how the second one came about. But it's dead clever, John, isn't it? Because the premise of the fact that you know um, something happens to our planet, where which means that we can only live by being absolutely silent, that is a killer thought. And obviously, you have to do more than just have that thought. But wh- when did that when did that come to you? Where were you when that happened? Well, it's funny. I was actually shooting uh, this show, Jack Ryan, and the producers of Jack Ryan had this script. It was a it was a spec script that they had received from these writers. And it was about that the creatures, uh, you know, family not being able to make sound or creatures would kill them. And Emily had just had our second daughter. She was about six weeks old when I read the script. And when I read the script, I thought, wow, if I can rewrite this to be a metaphor for parenthood instead of just a, a romp uh, horror movie, then I think we could do something really, really special. And that's when Emily said, you know what you should do is you should direct it. And I thought, yeah, maybe I should. (laughs) Very good. Other than it being a silent film, you know, this is when a screenplay really does what it says on the tin because there's not that much dialogue. That's right. No, I think the the huge part here was, I think for the first time in a long time, we realized that sound would be a main character. And so to get to design a movie experience that really should be seen in the theaters, we designed it for these, you know, especially nowadays, they have something like 45 speakers in each theater and, we try to use every single one of them. We can now actually scare 
one direct person in the third row if we wanted to just focus <laughs> all the sound on one person. It's really, really fun. But A Quiet Place Part 2, right? So so obviously it follows on from A Quiet Place Part 1. I haven't seen it because um, I couldn't get to the theatre because I've just had a week off and I didn't do anything other than be with my family, which I know you'd approve of. Um, Absolutely. But I can't wait to see it. Um, how much do you want to tell us about what happens in the sequel? Well, a couple things happen in the sequel. It's a direct continuation from the first movie, which right. was really exciting for me. And like I said, the the key for me was to make the little girl in the franchise the lead of everything. And so right. this little girl, um, basically, the in the first one, they all stay on a farm and they're very um, secure in this ecosystem of security and and um, and plans and and. And uh, all thinking through, and all that goes out the window in the second movie, they actually have to leave the farm and actually leave the path. So it is it is bigger and it is scarier, but only because hopefully it's more organically uh, scary and bigger, bigger because every step they take could be their last this time because it's all uncharted water. So that's what's really fun about this one is you have the same family that you love in a totally new environment, which is uh, – which is 10 times scarier. Yeah, and I suppose the thing is, you know, you, you didn't have to make a, a sequel or a part two, if you like, uh, but you have, and then with that comes the trepidation. Obviously, lots of people go and see it anyway, but the, the word gets around quickly whether it's a turkey or not, and this is anything right. but, and people are saying it might be better than the first. How does that feel? Oh, that's insane. I'm, I'm so blown away by that. That's just awesome. So cool. Amelia has seen it. She's seen both films. Amelia, who, who reads our news for us and does lots of other amazing yeah. things on the show, and you said the same thing, didn't you, Amelia? Yeah. I yeah I loved it I just thought it was brilliant I was saying that I thought the pace of it was great it was just fantastic and having Killian Murphy there as well is always a bonus <laughs> I mean it's almost having Killian is almost cheating right I mean that's just cheating <laughs> I love it The Quiet Place Part 2 made 57 million dollars uh, in its debut weekend um, in cinemas over in the US when it was shown for the first time but you had to play the waiting game with this release and you wanted they say this must this might be your movie might be the most postponed of the whole lockdown uh, because you just so wanted it to happen in theaters before people's living rooms it's true i mean for me it was um it was sort of an emotional bookend to the whole uh lockdown for me because we i think we were the last thing to be pulled from the theaters before normalcy went out the window so i wanted to be one of the first people to bring you back to normalcy and i think that was really important to us and yes i'm so thrilled that people are going to see our movie, but really I've been out there going to all the theaters and doing Q and A's and making appearances to say thank you to the audience. Cause this is really about all of us here. This yeah. is about movies in general. And so coming back to the theaters is such a big deal. And I'm just so um, blown away that people are coming back, which is great. John, it's, it's a joy to talk to you. Uh, did you, did you, I understand from the information here that John married Emily at George Clooney's estate in Lake Como in 2010. Did you rent it out or do you know him? <laughs> We know him. Oh, I, I think renting it out would have been way beyond that our... That uh, comes our in pitch. handy. All right, pal. <laughs> uh, well, John, good luck with the sequel. Um, I, it seems like you don't need it from the reviews and the first weekend's box office oh, across the globe. Much. But um, you, you'll never turn down any luck, will you? Because we can't... <laughs> That's absolutely true. All right, John. Great to talk Thank to you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, my friend. John Krasinski absolutely. on the show Thanks, today. Everybody. You're very have welcome. Okay, he's a cool... He's a very cool guy. A Quiet Place Part 2 in cinemas now. People are raving about it. Amelia's seen it yeah uh, you can watch a quiet place part one even if you don't like the horror genre you will love this movie i promise you or i'll give you the money back myself the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio
The yellow ties in the wardrobe and transfer deadline day is a little while away, but there's still plenty to get his teeth into. Talk Sports wall-to-wall coverage of Euro 2020 kicks off tomorrow at 8pm with Turkey v Italy. And here to tell us just how all right it'll be on the night is the legendary Jim White. All right, Jim. Chris, good morning. How are we, sir? Good. Are you revving up to good? speed? Am I revved up? I am so revved up you wouldn't believe it, Chris. I mean, talk sport. We, are, we have every game covered. Every game is live from the Euros and it all gets underway this weekend. And I am going back to my beloved Scotland for 10 days. Are you? Yes, indeed. I'll be watching Scotland. I'll be covering their games for talk sport and I cannot wait. I'll be reacquainting myself with haggis and square sausage. Right. I can't wait to get up the road to speak Scottish again. Okay, so that's wonderful. In many ways, so it's 10 days I'm in Scotland. That's like Euro quarantine, isn't it? That's what you're doing there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I haven't been up there for a long time pre-COVID. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm very excited about it. Everybody is buzzing about it. Everywhere you go, Chris, people are talking about the Euros. And, of course, uh, the question that irritates me enormously, uh, are England going to win it? Is it England's time? It could well be. Is it coming home Oh my God, it might. It just might. <laughs> and uh, Glasgow-born Jim White is slightly concerned about that, living and working in London. So I'm quite relieved to go go back north at this stage of my career. But how long are the Euros going to last this time around? Well, I mean, it, it goes on and on and on until you're out. And from a Scottish point of view, that might be sooner than we think. I would love to think Scotland will get out of the group. You see, the, the magic of this, Chris, mm. is that Scotland are in a group with uh, England, the Czech Republic and Croatia. And the very fact that England will play Scotland is the magic of this at the group stages and of course it's at Wembley and of course every Scot loves the prospect of beating England at Wembley might it happen you know it might will it happen probably not Um, but the excitement level is through the roof and of course from a Scottish point of view uh, the last time we were at a major finals was in 1998 in France and I went there working for Scottish TV and I left there working for Sky Uh, so uh, it was a big change in my life then and then all these years on we've managed to get to another major finals but from an England point of view to be quite honest this could be England's time this could be it top top four Bucky's favourites before the tournament gets underway Oh, that's a very good question. England are in there, obviously, I would say. Portugal, the holders, you would think, with Ronaldo. I watched him last night. He is a beast. Uh, Jose Font. Still, still oh, a beast. Yeah, Jose Font was on our show the other day, uh, former Portugal captain, saying Ronaldo is maybe better than ever. I mean, how is that? Maybe better than ever. Well, because it's the way he plays the game, I'd imagine, and also the way he looks after himself. You know, he's a very efficient player, isn't he? And he's a very efficient um, uh, sports person, generally on and off the field. Precisely right. I mean, uh, he still has everything he needs to have in his to home to play the game. He to, put, to how play he the game, plays it. you know, fully kitted gym, wherever he goes. You know, he had that in Madrid when he was at Real Madrid. Ice bath, the whole bit. I mean, yeah. he goes through it all, yeah. stage by stage, as if he was at a club. Only yeah. he turns his home into his club. It makes he, loads he's amazing. of sense. Doesn't it? It's like LeBron James. He spent, famously spends a million dollars on keeping fit yeah. so he can play basketball at the highest level for as long as possible. And I can't help feeling that um, Ronaldo has taken a, more than one leaf out of his book. Very much so. So you've got Portugal there, you've got England there. The French will be very strong. Mbappe is in another world. I mean, the pace of this boy is unbelievable. Uh, France, I think, N'Golo Kante, wonderful. We saw what he can do with Chelsea. Just runs and runs and runs and runs all day long. He never runs out of gas. Uh, so they, they should go deep in the tournament. And who would the final ones be? It's, a, it's an interesting one. It could be any pick from a number. Um, 
I think to win it is either Portugal or France, but England will be close. They will go close. How many fixtures on TalkSport? They're all on TalkSport, so how many fixtures are we talking about? We are talking right from the very start. I mean, when you look at it, every angle covered, every single game, Chris, of the Euros, live, right across the the TalkSport network. So there and then you realise the commitment level here is enormous. And we're in the stadiums for every England, every Scotland and every Wales game. Um, To be honest, the analysis will be sensational. Stuart Pearce is with us, Trevor Sinclair. He's a great friend of mine. Ali McCoyst. McCoyst, anything he touches turns to gold. They love McCoyst. And of course, uh, Mourinho, he just tops off the lot. So, I mean, we are throwing everything at this. And of course, you may may have heard it's already gone out it'll go out again Gaz and McCoy have been in conversation Gascoigne and McCoy there, there is a marriage made in uh, well I'm not sure where it's made and uh, again tonight uh, 7 Ibrox. o'clock in Talksport Ibrooks. it's coming home the story of the three lines um, I must admit that is an anthem that every England fan loves but uh, to be quite honest with you Chris when I hear it's coming home it's coming home yep. Every Scot dies to the radio and turns it off because we think, my God, please don't make it come home. No, it's not coming home. Not me. Uh, 51 games, I think. 51 games live. 51 games. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Before you you go, Jim, before you go. Did you all really get covered in yellow paint? In yellow paint? Yeah, what a promotion that was. Essentially, the message is, TalkSport, we've got it covered. It's all covered. (laughs) But we get covered. And, uh, That's so clever. Let me tell you a story about this. Simon Jordan and I came, came off here at one o'clock. We were bundled into a people carrier right. outside the news building here. And all the way around to the studio, Jordan said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. About 20 minutes later, it was covered in paint. Right, OK. If you don't brilliant. know what we're talking about, go to at Virgin Radio UK now, our Instagram stories, and see the visual talk sport trailer for what's going on on the radio in the next few with the Euros. Jim, uh, good luck. Um, Thank you. Throw him a rope. He's going into the Euros, everyone. Jim White, thanks a lot, pal. Brilliant, thanks so much. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. You can take the boy out of art school, but you can't take art school out of the boy. He narrates the brand new Sky Kids animation Dodo, which is available on demand from Monday. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that can rock, roll, and everything in between. It's the delightful Ricky Wilson. All right, Ricky. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) How are you today? I'm really good, yeah. Nice to get up. Early. I'm the first one up in the house. I like that. You are not the first one up in the house. I am, yeah. Oh, no, Vince got up early. He's gone to work. He went up okay. half six. I'm staying at my in-laws. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right, good. Is that because you're having your house done? It is, yeah. It is. I'm having my house done and I've sold the other one. So what, I'm, what's, uh, the, what's the rickiest bit of the new house? Of the new house? Yes. Oh, the rick- uh, well, uh, the top floor... Um, there's uh, two rooms and Grace is allowed one to decorate and I can decorate the other mm. and over the course of a year we're going to see who wants to stay in each other's rooms well, that's cool. in most amount of time and then it's like and the winner will get a prize I don't know what it'll be that's nice uh, will you have a studio in your new house? oh no I will not have a studio uh, that would prevent me from going to other people's studios. <laughs> I, meant, um, I actually meant an artist studio, not a music studio. Oh, an artist studio. Yeah, well, I'll have a room. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a room where I can sit and pretend to work. That's cool, I'm, isn't it? I'm looking forward to it. Will that, be, know, se- will that be set in the ease or down the garden? Uh, no, no, no. It, it's, the, it's, it's like the attic, so it's got a lot of nice light in it. I love you it. Can see the shard from there. So okay. I can, I can... Oh, my goodness me. So you're nearby. No, no, it's a long way away, but it's quite high up. 
How intriguing. I'm thinking North, I'm, I'm sensing North London. It is North London, yes. I'm sensing Highgate. You're not far away. <laughs> I'm sensing, let me, what are the postcode? I'm sensing, no, the coordinates. Let me give the coordinates because that's exactly where he, that's, that'd be exactly where he lives. Three no, word coordinate. Yeah. Let's talk, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk instead uh, on Safer Ground about Sky Kids um, offers and Eight Kids channels over 10,000 episodes of on demand viewing, including now Dodo. All episodes available on Sky Kids from Monday, 14th of June. Rachel's seen it. Vassa's seen it. They both love it for entirely different reasons. So that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Ricky, how did you get involved in it? What do you do on it? I haven't seen it, and I'm so excited to see it. Um, but I got involved. Um, so I, they said, "Would you like to narrate a cartoon?" Mm. And uh, they showed me the like the, the pilot one that Jack, he's Jack Bennett, amazing. Uh, I keep calling him Joe Connolly, which is the name of the the main character because they are very similar, uh, both warriors. Um, and they said, "Will you come and have a, a Zoom call with us?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they'd sent some scripts. I didn't realise that it was an audition, right? And as soon as I realized it was an audition, then I thought, well, I have to do this because there's no <laughs> way I'm failing an audition because I'd never done an audition in my life. And uh, and I got the job and then I had to do the job. And it was uh, I've never done a voiceover before. And you're, you're a long time in those rooms. Uh, I, I found it quite cozy, to be honest. All right, so Joe Connolly's first day at school, episode one at secondary school, yep. he's looking forward to it. He has his best friend, Frisbo, which is Frankie Fox mm -hmm. by his side, and together they can conquer anything, but with new situations and embarrassments around every corner, small events mean big drama for Joe as he tries to fit into his new school. So you haven't seen it, but obviously you know it, you know about it because you, you, you are the storyteller, you are the narrator. Do you, I know every single story, yeah. Did you, could mm. you empathise with his experiences compared to your own? Because that's exactly what Rachel and Vassos thought. Very much so. I was, am, and will continue to be a worrier. Um, <laughs> I think it's what's got me through, to be honest. Uh, it's a survival instinct that I think um, worriers should see as a bit more of a superpower than uh, actually a, a thing that gets in the way. Because, you know, you do build things up in your head, and uh, I do that too. And I just, I do spend my life pretending not to be a worrier, but now I'm, I'm letting it out. Chris, I'm a worrier. Well, what for warrior? See warrior because it's just about oh, yeah. It's just about life, isn't it? You're a worry warrior. warrior. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the road the road warrior. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because I think once you once you open up to the fact that you are a warrior, that's the beginning of the end of you being one. Exactly, exactly. It's like you know when you um you know when you go to the doctors, and as soon as you know what's wrong with you, you feel a lot better. All uh, right, Ricky, uh, back to Dodo, um, 20 mm -hmm. eps, um, 20 episodes, 10 minutes. Uh, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. We'll watch it together on Monday uh, for the kids. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we'll do. Well, let's, let's have a little Dodo party. Um, mm. Bass's favourite thing from the Dodo is the Dodo poem. Here we go. Oh, Dodo. Uh-oh, Dodo. Oh, no, Dodo. Dodo, go, go. Oh, whoa, Dodo. Class, absolute class. Sure. Good poem, that. Great poem. I'm writing all this down. All right, good. All, all, good, for the, all good for the Easy 8th album. <laughs> but people want to know how you got involved with it, why you got involved with it, and how come you do lots of other stuff as well. Do you, how do you pick and choose? How, how, choose? how is your intray? What goes on there? What is your decision process? Because people, people are fascinated nowadays with decision-making. So there's so much... Well, my, yeah, my decision-making was used to be all based on nonsense right. about perception and how people would see me yes. in the bigger world and whether how that would impact on my uh, brand <laughs> as, a, uh, as a Kaiser chief. And now I think to myself, it, all bets are off nowadays. You, can, you just do what... I just do what... Put a smile on my face, and this did. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm saying a lot. Like, you're saying yes to a lot of things that I, I never used to think were possible. And I, I, just re- I really like the the pilot one that Jack did at university. All right, and, uh, and it was a big brilliant. YouTube hit, wasn't it? First of all, it was. It was a big YouTube massive hit. on YouTube. And, and now it's going to be a massive uh, hit on the telly as well. All right, pal. Uh, well, it's lovely to talk to you, Ricky. If I don't see you in a field um, in Wales uh, before Sunday, mm-hmm. the 29th of August, I'll see you yeah. in our favourite field in Hampshire, shall I? I cannot wait. I literally <laughs> cannot wait for that. It's the highlight of my year. I get to cut loose and get some glitter on my face. All right, pal. Lots of love. Uh, Ricky Wilson, live from the in-laws. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Okay, we've heard from three top draw guests already, but there's still plenty more gold to come on this, the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show podcast best bits with our pals at Sky. Neurosurgeon and best-selling author Dr. Rahul Jandial turns the pages of his new memoir, Live from California. It's called Life on a Knife's Edge, and it's amazing. Scottish rocker Shirley Manson guides us through Garbage's seventh studio album, No Gods, No Masters, which is out now. Super chef Chetna McCann dishes up delicious delights in her brilliant new cookbook, Chetna's 30 Minutes Indian and Pediatric Nurse and founder of Child Matters, Claire Street teaches the team life-saving manoeuvres for all the family with her educational first aid tips. All of that and more still to come. So let's get right back to the action. Dapper Dave, who's next? With a pen and a piece of paper, our next guest made the world fall in love and he's back to do it again. The vinyl edition of The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse is out tomorrow. We've all been waiting for it and here to record scratch that itch is the illustrious illustrator, Charlie Mackesy. How are you, Charlie? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Very well. Um, sorry about this. Sorry about the chaos. The chaos on the end of like your chaos. cosmos. Uh, I know you do, but yours is more of a relaxed chaos than ours is, isn't it? Well, now and again, maybe. Oh, come on, Charlie. Uh, How are you? Are you all right? I'm very well. We're all very well. Um, you know, oh, again, That's just good. talking to you gets his vibrating at a frequency that we're very unaccustomed to, but we very we love so much, Charlie. So, so the oh, boy, good. the mole, the fox, and the horse now on vinyl. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about this decision. It's beautiful. We have a copy here in front of us. It's gorgeous. We can't wait to play it at home on our turntables. Tell us oh. how it came about. It was just an idea, really. I, just, I think vinyl is something to hold. It exists. It's not a button. It's big. It's physical. And I was brought up with them. And I think, you know, I think there's a bit of a, a resurgence of their popularity, isn't there, a bit these days? So yeah. I said, why not? Just why not? So I recorded it in the barn under a sea of cushions um, bit by bit, you know. And every day I would take bit, little bits of recording to my family and say, what do you think of this? Do you like this? How does this sound? And they go, my niece Daisy's brilliant. She was like, yeah, not, yeah, you could do that again. Maybe do that. Bit. And so that's how it was, a long journey to the final, yeah. So, so how does it differ then? You know, what, 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 is, is there a, any new material on there? Is there a different take on things that we've already read on there? Yeah, well, I'm, because there's no pictures, obviously, I, I had to sort of describe the, the images a bit more and fill it in and just, you know... I sort of pretended that I, yeah, if I hadn't read the book or couldn't see the book, how would I like to hear hear it? So I did it like that. All right. Yeah. And as as a as a reflection on work, your own work that you've already created, did it that that different perspective? Did it get give you any more insights into your own creations that you might use going forward? You know, that's that's interesting. It did actually. I felt like I got to know the four a little bit more. And you know, you have to when you have to describe them deeper, and you you realise that there's much more to them than at least I did. And I thought, um, I don't know what anyone else thinks. But I, I 
Uh, yeah, it was a journey in and of itself. You know, it's a whole other thing to the book. It's a sort of a new thing rather than the book in vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. talking to Bill Bryson because one of his famous works has been illustrated in a child's version, almost like oh. an annual version in a new okay. uh, sort of uh, pictorial or picture book, if you like. Um, yeah. and, and the illustration of words has has been a thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reverse process of that, that's that's more of a new thing. That That's really interesting and a really interesting take on things because your, your, your pictures allow your messages, your, your words that already exist to be more succinct, don't they? More pithy. We talk about being pithy a lot on this show. Pithy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and pictures can say more than words can. We all know that. Um, and then having to describe the, the pictures or the, the places, you know, you, you, I, I think people see things in the pictures more than I do. Or they, you know, everyone has their own ter- interpretation of them. And the moment you have to be a bit more specific with your words is, is a whole other thing. I'm not sure. If, I hope I did it all right. You know, I just did my best. But we'll see what you think. Well, we'll hear. Uh, let's, hear <laughs> let's hear now. Let's listen now. And then they all sit together, looking out at the wild. The hills look almost purple in the distance, beyond the soft green fields. Sometimes, I feel lost, said the boy. Me too, said the mole, but we love you. And love brings you home. See, he needs calm, and Headspace can go and do one. I mean, this is the way forward, isn't it? <laughs> Gee whiz, Charlie. Come on, my friend. Uh... <laughs> that's who I want to go to sleep with every night. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because, you, because you've given us now, you've given us now, as of tomorrow, Charlie Max is the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, vinyl edition. Um, has it resurrected your love for your own vinyl? Have you dead and been tempted to slip any on the turntable? Uh, one or two, yeah. I did, I put... Um... Uh, Strange <laughs> meatloaf I put on the other night, and um, Chrissy Hines, the Pretenders. I found some old and Joan Armour trading. Yeah, I've been looking at old vinyl. Yeah, it's I do great. like them. It's crazy. Yeah, it? I like the crackle. That's my thing. Okay, I there's, like there's the crackle. Imperfection. I like the you know, crackle. I like- but it's sec- I like imperfection. Second only, right? If you have the yeah. right system and you have the right enough wattage, right? You turn everything. You've got to be careful with this. But you turn <laughs> everything up and you literally pl- you place the needle on the record, and it's the thud yeah. and the thump of the needle uh, going. So it goes, it goes yeah. and you think, yeah. Yeah, and how, yes. how long is it going to be? Because you don't know where you've put the needle on the record. You don't know when the where first track's going to kick. Oh, my, it's so no. exciting! It's, <laughs> Charlie, it's how life used to be before the Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> it's so because it's that wide bit at the beginning on the record. It, you never know how long it's going to be before it actually hits the, <laughs> the little grooves, right? <laughs> <Is> that giant, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, when, was the last, that. when was the last you, time you had a glass of wine? Um... No, three nights ago maybe. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're back. And on you? The, what have you been doing? Glad you're back on the source. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, do you know I had a cheeky pint of beer last night because we haven't got a kitchen at the moment, so we took the kids out for a for a curry, um, and we had a curry in the garden of the curry house. And I, I oh, my, nice. my wife, I said, I can I have a pint of kingfisher, and my wife thought I was joking, and I wasn't joking, so she immediately ordered a bottle of Barolo. Anyway, there you are. <laughs> That's our story, Charlie. Um, it's, story. it's lovely to talk to you. I love yeah, you. you. I can't I love wait you very to much. see you. Uh, just stay in the time and the place, and I might be there. All right, goodbye. <laughs> That's <a love>. Thanks <laughs> so much. Ta da. Uh, Charlie Magazine, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, final edition out 
tomorrow. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Today is the NSPCC's Childhood Day, and in honour of this day of play, we're handing parts of the show over to our littler listeners. So, without further ado, 15-year-old Larissa Olivia Warman from Datchet in Windsor. Pray tell, who's up next? If you're looking for an effortlessly cool, endlessly talented and very lovely guest, then stop looking. We've found her! Their seventh studio album, No Gods, No Masters, is out today. So, ladies and gentlemen, she's a frontwoman of garbage that couldn't be further from rubbish if she tried. It's the legendary Shirley Manson. Oh, good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Chris. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's really surreal to be speaking with you. Shirley, it's great to have you back. The seventh album, first for five years. How does it feel? Uh, feels kind of wild, I have to say. It's sort of surreal. Really surreal. I mean, I can't believe I'm still here making records with my band and, you know, it's it's crazy. So every album's different. Of course it is, depending on where you are in the career, how the last one did, you know, how you're feeling, what the vibe is generally. But is this more different than ever before? I don't know. I'm not the best person to ask. I mean, I always think it sounds like us, you know, for better or for worse, whether you love garbage or hate garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like us. Well, congratulations, because that's exactly what I thought. You know, it is a typical garbage album. Thank you so much. Right, now, you are renowned for uh, being profound, being prolific, being fearless in your lyrics. Once again, we've got a load of that. Um, Take us through some of the themes you confront, address um, on this particular album, No Gods, No Masters. God, I don't know. I mean, I'm just sort of (laughs) voicing my frustrations. Yeah, come on. You know, like sexism and misogyny and xenophobia and racism. I mean, there's a whole host on this record. It's, 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 there's a lot on there. Yeah, there's loads on there, isn't there? And all different styles. You know, um, who have you been listening to over the last five or ten years? Um, because I'm, I'm hearing, I don't know, some, some musicians like this when I talk about it. Other, others um, seem to go a little bit quiet. But I'm hearing lots of different things going on there. There's a couple of covers, by the way, because I've got the track listing here from the gang who I work with. And I'm saying, hang on a minute, there were more than this on the album that I listened to last night. That's because I had a deluxe version featuring covers of Starman and Because the Night. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, two of my heroes, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we listen to a lot of different types of music all the time. I mean, the list is endless, but this record's definitely got a lot of sort of nods to the people that we were listening to when we were growing up that were our heroes, like Gary Newman, Susie and the Banshees, Roxy Music, Gang of Four, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Debbie Harry, of course, you've always been a big fan. Yes, yes, um, what, love Debbie what, what about the emerging artists over the last few years? What do you think of those guys? Any, any, Give us some highlights uh, of people that you've been t- particularly drawn to. Oh, my God. I think there's a plethora of talent out there that sort of blows my brains. I mean, I'm huge into Rhapsody, to Little Sims, to Kelsey Lou. I'm crazy about her. Um, I love Billy No Mates, Jenny Beth, um, Arlo Parks. It's funny because we were talking yesterday, um, you know, and this morning actually to Carl Faulkner about, you know, this potential sort of modern day renaissance after what's happened over the last 14 to 16 months. And, you know, hopefully an explosion of pent up frustration and talent that people have been sitting on for a while. Do you, do you, do you, are you um, optimistic that we have the right people uh, to tell us to, to, to spread the right word, the right messages? Well, we definitely have amazing talent. It's unfortunately, though, the climate's not very kind to artists who take a risk and speak out. You know, you you just get a little bit punished for it. And I think young artists are currently are a wee bit loath to do that. But that said, there's a whole 
glut of artists coming up that are not messing about. And how do you feel about performing? What's got, when, when might that happen? When we, might, might we see, see you performing live next? Well, we're going out soon. We're actually going out with Alanis Morissette and Liz Fair in the States in a matter of weeks. So we start touring in August and then we come to the UK with Blondie in November, I believe. Oh, wow. That's going to be amazing. Right, garbage.com uh, for tickets and everything garbage. Uh, the new album is out today. Now, Hells Bells, who is 27 and absolutely adores you and everything you do, has, she's come up with a garbage, not garbage quiz. And I don't think you'll mind because she's such a fan. Um, are you prepared to play garbage, not garbage? Oh, yes, absolutely. Bring it on, Chris. Okay. Bring it on. Okay, so here are some stories about you and your band, and you've got to tell us whether they're garbage, i.e. false, or not garbage, i.e. true. Question number one. Your band's, your band's name, Shirley, was inspired by a friend who frequently told you your music sounded like garbage. Garbage or not garbage? Not garbage. Not garbage is the correct answer. Guitarist Steve even said that the band wanted to make pop music and make it sound as horrible as we possibly could. <laughs> Not garbage. Okay. Uh, question number two. You studied acting, Shirley Manson, and got cast in the leading role in the sci-fi TV show Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles from 2008-2009. Garbage or not garbage? Not garbage. Oh, it says here, Hellsbells disagrees with you. She says garbage, uh, but you did play a Terminator in the same series. Uh, Lena Headey played Sarah Connor. Correct. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know who's right and who's wrong here. Okay. Let's call it a draw. Question number three. You fell in a rubbish bin, and the, uh, the first time Debbie Harry walked past you, purely out of shot. Garbage or not garbage? Garbage. It G- wasn't me. It was Eric Avery. Correct. Garbage. Literally. Uh, Shirley's a huge Blondie fan, but it was her bandmate who fell into a bin from shock. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> <laughs> well, he 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 fell backwards and sort of fell into the garbage can. Unbelievable. That is so funny. <laughs> Do you want, just because of because De- Debbie's aura hit her, it hit him rather. Is that why? Yeah, but pretty much he was so busy trying to sort of charm her and be charming that he forgot where his body was. Right. Yeah. It says here he did manage to say hi, a brief hi. Was that on the way to falling into the bin or after he'd fallen in the bin? Or No, he said hi. He said hi and he was really charming and she smiled at him and walked by and he was sort of watching her go by and carried on moving Love down it. the corridor and there was a huge big garbage bin. <laughs> right, then he fell in the bin. All right, question number four. Brilliant. You used to have your own line of nail varnish and lip gloss. Garbage or not garbage? Not garbage. Not garbage is the right answer. The nail varnish was orange. The garbage gloss lit with gloss colour was described as a cross between raspberry and plum with a pearlized twist. And finally, number five, um, you were named Forbes Activist of the Year 2017. Garbage or not garbage? Garbage. No, not garbage. They chose you for being a feminist icon and speaking out for women and LGBTQ plus plus artists. Um, so you need to know that. Well, well, okay, well now done. I do know. Well done, now Shirley. Uh, that is not garbage. Um, Shirley, great to talk to you. Uh, well done on the new album. It's out today. How are you going to celebrate? I am going out for dinner with my husband and my oldest bestie. All right. Where are you going to go? What are you going to have? How long are you going to be there? I don't know yet. Who Forever, cares? hopefully. <laughs> Who cares? So, no, you're going to be back for your live gigs. All right, Shirley, oh, great yes, to too. speak to you again. Thanks so much for being on the programme. Yeah, cheers, Chris. Yeah, I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Shirley Manson back with a brand new album with her band Garbage. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If you think your job's stressful, our next guest has kept someone alive by pumping their heart with his bare hands. So don't worry, the Zoom call's going to be fine. His latest book, Life on a Knife's Edge, is out now and here to slice dice and tell the story of his life is the Sunday Times best-selling brilliance of Dr. Rahul Jandayal. Good morning, Rahul. Good morning to you. 
So before we go any further, how was the James Corden show last night? Oh, it's it's always clever because he's <laughs> hosting it. But uh, I'm a night owl, so this this fits in perfectly talking to you early morning for me. <laughs> and most surgeons are. I've got a couple of pals who are surgeons, and they don't really do sleep and darkness together. I know. When we first started, they, the shifts could go 40 hours, and the government had to come in to limit it. It was just insane what we were expected to do but now it feels easy well congratulations on another great book i said as the show began today three and a half hours ago if people want to buy a book just for a single chapter uh, they should buy yours for the last chapter which is the amazing story uh, it's entitled life this chapter and it's the amazing story of you and uh, a patient that um that had experienced um locked in syndrome and what she did with that to repurpose what was left of her life. It's amazing. It's a brilliant book. Uh, let's kick off with failure, if you don't mind, Rahul. Um, one of your chapters is called Failure. Now, those of us who embrace failure yearn for people who fear it to give it a go. What have you learned that's most useful from your failures? Well, I just feel like my failures, which are ongoing, I don't think they ever end. It's just what you do with the rubble. And for me, I've seen it as more of a portal to discovery. There's a great quote that has always inspired me. But if you work as a cancer surgeon, you inevitably will face failure. And it just depends on how you see it. So my patients who have stage four cancer, if I can get them a few months, if that's what they choose, a few years, if that's what they choose, and medicines and treatment and fate allow, I don't see myself as a failure. But there have been other cases where you know, there was a child that was paralyzed after I tried to help her. And it wasn't an oops moment by any means, but just the complications and the outcomes of the work I do, I really had to look at failure as a, as a process of growth, uh, not a stumble that I can't recover from. Okay. And the lesson within, I suppose, the overreaching lesson is to fail better in the future. That That's the hope, but it also depends on the stress. You know, this Last year was a global stress, and um, it's what we make of it, but it is to fail better in the future. But uh, it's not always in a linear direction. I see it as more seasonal cycles of growth and then dormancy, and there's winters and there's springtime. So I think that leaves everybody inspired no matter where they're at in their life. Okay, now you have a chapter on stress. Uh, stress has a huge effect on our decision-making processes. Um, can you speak to that for a moment, please? Right. So stress is fascinating in, in the sense that if you think about astronauts that have uh, spent a year in orbit, they need gravity as a stress. Otherwise, their bones become brittle. Well, interestingly, we need a little bit of stress also. There are brain cells in these germinal niches inside our, inside our minds. They won't grow unless there's a little bit of stress. Too much stress, they stay dormant. Not enough stress, they don't grow as well. And for us, Stress is about emotional regulation, turning the attention inward to figure out, does this emotion, does this feeling earn a right to be in our lives? Is it stress that is real and needs to be reacted to? Or is it just a baseline of anxiety uh, that we have intended to and need to really look at? That is a biologically rooted mechanism in the brain. So wherever you are in your life, depending on your stressor, um, emotional regulation is something you can cultivate so when the next stress arrives, 
you cope with it better. And because you talk about all these different conditions under the magnifying glass of uh, an operating theatre, you know, and the most stressful, or at least one of the most stressful situations a human being can encounter on a daily basis, you know, being a, a, a brain surgeon, um, you you therefore have to self-regulate a lot. And we bang Correct. on about we bang on about meditation on the show all the time, and still people, you know, there are you know there are many more doubters than people who are signed up for meditation, but Will you tell them once and for all that it works? You do it during really long operations. How, how do you do it? How does it help you? How do we know it works? Right. So at the ground level, crisis management, stress management, we have a built-in um, built approach in our quiver, and that is to pace your breathing. I think people, they get lost a bit with the term meditation. They can't wrap their heads around it. But what you can do is pace your breathing. So let's take a real easy example. We know hyperventilation can actually give you a panic attack, right? That we know. On the other side, pacing your breath three seconds in, three seconds out, out that's a technique I use in the operating room when I run into trouble or there's a stressful situation. That's the first step that anybody can go to, whether you're in a tense relationship with a lover or you're about to see your boss and you're worried just slowing down your breathing, making it deliberate, will calm the electricity of your mind. And we've measured this in brain surgery. So that is afforded to you. It's free, but it can't be delivered when the crisis hits. It's got to be a daily habit, and then it's there for you when that uh, crisis does come. So out of the theatre, what is your meditation process? Uh, my, pro my process is in the morning, first of all, I, I control my breathing for five to ten minutes. And then during the day, I have intermittent times before I approach a stressful situation. And then when I'm in a stressful situation, because stress is a personal dimension, you know, my stresses are one, uh, one way others could be another. But the response inside our skulls in our brain is the same. And pacing your breath several times a day uh, is our built-in benzodiazepine and sedative, if you will. It's, it's fascinating to me that, that the drugs that we take to break anxiety – the chemicals that they play on, they release inside our brain, those are the same ones you can release from the pharmacy of your own mind yeah. just by doing meditative breathing. I've written about that before, and I think I think people are really uh, you know, shocked, and then uh, they take the approach that I'm trying to guide people to, that meditative breathing is... Uh, you know, is your asset, is your advantage, and it's free. There's something egalitarian about it, and there is a biological basis for it. Well, Rahul, uh, thanks for staying up or waiting up or just talking to us as you're up anyway. It's great to talk to you again, and I can't wait to see you again. The pleasure's mine. Thank you for including me. He's so cool. Dr. Rahul Jandial, Life on a Knife's Edge, A Brain Surgeon's Reflections on Life, Loss and Survival. It is an amazing book. It's a book and a half for the price of just the one book. Seriously, get it now. It's awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From fabulous fashion to fabulous food, she makes it all seem so effortless. Her latest mouth-watering cookbook, Chetna's 30-Minute Indian Quick and Easy Everyday Meals, is out tomorrow. So if you're in a hurry but desperate for a curry, listen up to the always sublime Chetna McCann. Morning, Chetna. Morning. Dave, did you struggle with that because your mouth was watering? Absolutely I it is. I know it was. I could <laughs> see. Oh, it's so good. Chetna, what are you doing to us? Uh, congratulations. Fifth book. How does that feel? Very, very surreal. I, I can't believe the fifth book is out. Yeah, I didn't think I'll write one. Forget five. Well, well done. Congratulations. Quick and easy everyday meals. Everyday Indian meals. 30 minutes or less from Chetna McCann. All right. So if you had to pick the quickest dish out of this book to prepare, what might that be? So the quickest 
dish, I think, is uh, kind of like the chutneys and the raitas and things are the quick, quick, really quick ones, which okay. actually take five minutes. All right. So what is the number one go-to chutney, in your opinion? Oh, my go-to chutney is the one, actually, which I brought for you, which is the coriander peanut chutney. Now, you say you brought it, but it's nowhere to Where be seen. It? Why isn't the phone in the studio? Because Dave's nicked it all, that's why. Um, do you know that Dapper Dave, um, he was bought your first book, I think, by um, the Frothy Coffee Man. For Dave says the Frothy Coffee Man bought Chetna's first book for his wife, for Dave's wife. No, he bought it for Dave. Uh, obviously, his wife is the middle woman who, who has to then do all the heavy lifting in the preparation of the food. But he says they cook for their kids from your first cookbook and their kids can't get enough of your food. Oh, that's so, so lovely. And when kids love it, it's even more special. Yeah, how, how easy would it be for the kids to get involved in the cooking process via this particular book? I think that is totally up to how well you've changed them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, what do we have in front of us here? You've got spinach and onion pulao. You've got uh, coconut, and, oh, sorry, uh, peanut and coriander chutney. Mm. You've got uh, paneer pav bhaji and cheesy potato balls. Oh. I don't know how we'd carry on with the rest of the interview, frankly. The, yeah. co- the, the chutney is so fresh, but with such a kick. It has a great kick. Yeah. And the kick, it, the, how do you do that? How do you create something that when you first put it on your tongue, it doesn't explode, and then one second later, it does like a delayed firework. What is the what is the, what is the trick there? I think you have to be subtle with the spices and not overdo it. When you add too much of the chili or of any spice, then the first time you eat it, that's all you can taste. But that's where the balancing comes from. Yeah, it's so nice. I, I actually don't know. This is a big mistake for me. You you two should have. Eating the food because I don't really want to talk anymore. I just want to eat. Me too. Uh, which is not great for for Chetna's interview. All yours, Rach. If if I do go ahead with my little pop up shroom with a pew, so it's a mushroom restaurant with on pews. Give us. A, could I steal or borrow a mushroom recipe from you, please? Absolutely. I was waiting for you to ask me that because I've got the perfect garlicky mushroom uh, sabji in this, um, and then you just start with your onions. Add lots of garlic, uh-huh. add the mushrooms, uh-huh. and then add a spicy yogurt mix to it. Wow. So it just takes it to another level. And that's just got like cu- uh, coriander, cumin, chili. Uh, but that just adds a, a lovely coating of spiced yogurt on the mushrooms. What does sabji mean? Sabji is kind of like a dry curry. The easiest way to explain it. But curry means gravy, doesn't it? Yes. So, so how, it's it doesn't have gravy. Is it like dry hairspray? What dry? What is it? Dry, dry shampoo. Dry shampoo. <laughs> is that? Is it? I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm wait, I'm I'm not at my depth. I'm just in the wrong pool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a dry um, curry where okay. it hasn't got any sauce. Right. Do you have any killer rice tips? If we just want to, if we just want to, you know, a big dish of rice, whether we've bought the rest of it in from our local Indian restaurant or we've made it ourselves, how can we make some amazing, simple, under 30 minutes rice? So um, I, one of the tips is, uh, so with the pulao, you just add your rice, you coat it up, add boiling water and then you leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't get too busy with it. No, you cannot, cannot, cannot. And once your timer is off, you don't open the lid. What, no. What, never again? No. <laughs> it's like a time capsule. What? For five, ten minutes, you leave it alone and then just let the steam kind of settle down. Yeah, that's that's what I sense from this. There's more moisture in it than you would think from a frying process, even if it was a light frying yes. process, and that's why. Yes. Because you keep the lid on and it's... Yes. 
It's like it goes to a health spa for 10 minutes, doesn't it? It relaxes in the, in the steamy, the steamy Pilau spa. Absolutely. Okay. And the no. key is to, to know exactly how much water. Because yes. then you, do, you don't drain it, do you? No, I don't drain it. And that's where you need the book. <laughs> to tell you how much water to add that's to the rice. It's a good question. It's a great answer. Yeah, back to basics. Um, Give us one more super hack from this book. Anything you like. I think always have some kind of um, uh, tinned chickpeas, tinned uh, lentils, tinned tomatoes in your cupboard because, and always have the basic spices because they don't go off very quickly. And once you've bought them, you can continue to use them for months or, you know, a year if you've kept them properly. Um, And then you can get food ready in minutes. The great thing about Indian food is that cooked well and sourced well, it's unbelievably healthy. Yes. It's very sustainable. But the taste is the thing, isn't it? It's got to be the tastiest food on the planet, I think. I mean, it's not a competition that needs to be won, but the great thing about Indian food is if it is uh, well sourced, if it is healthy in the first place, because it's so tasty, you don't overeat. Mm. You Because you can overeat with Indian food, with fork food, you know, food that you can just you don't have to cut. You can eat it far too quickly for your own good. But when you're confronted with such flavour, it automatically puts the brakes on. Yeah. If you had to come up with one bread or or patty or whatever to to go with a dip or a meal, which would be your number one? Uh, For me, number one is chapati, like a basic flour and water. Knead the dough. Uh, you know, cook it, yeah. uh, roll it and cook it. That's my number one to go with everything. But there are uh, cheesy naans in here, which are a lovely, lovely thing right. to eat with everything else. And for anybody who hasn't heard the show before and you love an Indian, do not order naan bread because if you order naan bread, what you're ordering is bread bread. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? Yes, yes that is right. <laughs> Please, listen, what's the name of your website? Um, it's chetnamakan.co.uk. Yeah, congratulations. Well done. Thank you for being here again. Thank you. Thank you for bringing in more free gorgeous food my mouth is very happy <laughs> Vasos are you tempted for thirds yeah fourths <laughs> fifths okay so leave me here thank you Chetna thank you so much the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio Paying attention to our next guest could quite literally save a life. She's the founder of Child Matters, delivering only the finest paediatric first aid courses. And if it's good enough for the famously demanding Pinkham and Horn families, she must be top draw. <laughs> you should always be on the right side of the Claire Street. All right, Claire, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How did your business begin? Um, I advertised myself, a paediatric nurse who could teach you skills, and it grew and grew and grew. Simple as that. Yeah. So uh, we come to you for a three-hour, four-hour session. Uh, how, what do you? What's on offer? What's on the on the child matters menu? For okay. Us? So uh, recognizing an emergency. Yeah. Um, getting help in the quickest, most effective way when you need it, yes. and that for kids is you know they, they think nine one one is our emergency number because of the TV. <laughs> so we just uh, actually they'll still get help if they dialed that number, but. You know, trying to focus on the the important bits in yes. an emergency with a loved one. Your heart is leading, not your head. So yeah. you've got to have those basic practical skills to go and find your address on people's phones. You can have so much information behind a locked screen it's no good so put your medical id in so people can find out who you are and what you need to do um and then we can teach you all the life-saving skills and then minor injuries illnesses anything that you might come across in your everyday life okay so this is first principles uh, number one priorities and best practices absolutely and uh, you've you've come you've learned them all you've yeah. distilled them all down for us you've done all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. and in three to four hours we can get all that juice from yeah, you yeah three hours 
adults, children. Which Rachel enjoyed and partook in with her family last Tuesday and saved a life as a result of on Sunday. And that is a fact. And uh, Rachel shies away from me framing it like that. But that's what happened. This man was choking. He was choking to the extent that his windpipe was closed so he couldn't make a sound. And uh, you had to... You had to... What is it called again? It was the back slaps and then it's not called the Heimlich anymore. That's what I was struggling with. Abdominal thrust. thrust. The abdominal yeah. thrust. Why don't they call it the Heimlich anymore, Claire? Uh, there's various reasons and theories but um mr heimlich i believe was uh under duress when it it didn't work so people were looking to point the finger and also he passed away family wanted royalties so no it's all about taking <laughs> the name from and a, a life-saving <laughs> maneuver okay you saved the life where was it again <laughs> well, we we helped. I was, I, I, where was it again? Doesn't uh, matter. So where we was were it? Uh, in Amersham. In Amersham. Okay. Yeah. What day? On Sunday. What Sunday. time? Uh, about six o'clock. That'll be Half five pounds seventy-five, please. Plus thirty. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Claire, you have some fun bags of stuff, right? So what? Yes. What have you brought with you? And this is just some of the stuff that gets the kids really engaged. Absolutely. So. Um, I've got an adult mannequin here. It also doubles as a child right. and it uh, pairs with a monitor so people can actually monitor their depth and their speed and it's a fun game. It gives you scores out of 100% right. um, to see how you're doing. These are actually a little bit tough when we're teaching the children so we bring inflatable mannequins so that they get a sense of what to do right. without feeling the, the disappointment that actually they can't push hard enough. But the resistance on these mannequins is lifelike. Very real, really real and now. And uh, well, that's one of the things that you were shocked by, wasn't it, Rachel? Yes. So Alex and I were able to do it and we managed to get decent scores on it. But even Tom, who's 12, he only got 10% in terms of the depth. And he was giving And Tom is no lightweight either. No, and and, and that, I think, was so helpful to illustrate to them, if you are in that situation, you can't help like that. The way you can help is to get an adult. Yeah. Um, I've also brought a training defibrillator here. So everybody should be familiarised with where the nearest defib is in their local community. I have no idea where ours is. Oh, Chris, there's everywhere. So the nearest ones in the red phone box on uh, My the Marlow Donkey Didn't know that. on Lock Road. Okay. There's one in Higginson Park by uh, Resolute by the toilets. Didn't know that either. On the wall. Saw the drinking fountain, <laughs> used it many times. Didn't know there's a defibrillator there, but this is all really important stuff. Heart Attack Hill, Concrete Hill off yep. Mundy Dean Lane. The phone box is a defibrillator. You don't need to learn how to use it. You just need to phone 999 when you're at the defib. They'll give you a code to access it. Take it to the scene of the emergency. Turn the button on and it will talk to you. It tells you what to do it's a step-by-step guide there's pictures on it you need to put the pads on the chest and the machine does the work being told what to do Vassos. yeah i'm used to that so am i that's fine yeah no problem with that <laughs> what else come on okay so choking uh rachel used the word back slaps i prefer the term back blows because when you hit you need to hit hard is it with the fist or with the, uh, the palm of the hand between hand. the shoulder blades right so you're trying to create movement up the back of the neck that's going to stimulate a gag or a cough reflex. Right. So how hard did you have to hit this chat, Rachel? I, I hit him as hard as I could. Yeah. And and I was and I, there was part of me that was worried about hurting him. You won't hurt him. But, so yeah. the first two things, the most important things you, you can think to tell our listeners takeaways is find out where your nearest defibrillator is for where you live, around for where you live. a life-threatening emergency, if somebody appears to be unconscious okay. and a risk to their airway and breathing, get the defib. Okay. Second of all, um, the this 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 uh, abdominal thrust. thrust yes and back blows Precious. don't hold back if you don't do something that person will stop breathing right. and bruises and broken bones can be fixed okay and are more people prone to choking than others uh children and babies obviously because right. instinctive they put everything in their mouths right. and their airways are smaller um but uh, elderly people as we get older and people who eat too fast 
And uh, give your website a shout out. Uh, www.child-matters.co.uk. Claire, is there anything else we can do to help while you're on? Um, I think get your family trained, get Child Matters into your schools, your nurseries, your homes, and get everybody a good level of first aid training because you never know those emergencies, it could happen to you. Round of applause, please, for Claire. Maybe the most important guest we've ever had on the show in 10 years. Who knows? It's not a competition, but if it was, you'd be right up. You'd be odds-on favourite in my book. Thanks, Chris. Let's face it, I'm running the book, and it's my show. (laughs) The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.